welcome to Barnyard Language. We are Katie and Arlene, an Iowa sheep farmer and an Ontario dairy farmer with six kids, two husbands, and a whole lot of chaos between us. So kick off your boots, reheat your coffee, and join us for some Barnyard Language, honest talk about running farms and raising families. In case your kids haven't already learned all the swears from being in the barn, it might be a good idea to put on some headphones or turn down the volume. While many of our guests are professionals, they aren't your professionals. If you need personalized advice, consult your people. Welcome back to another episode of Barnyard Language. I can feel the love in the air. It's our Valentine's Day episode. And Katie, I'll ask you the usual. What's happening on the farm? What's going on in the house? It sounds quiet. I think that means that people must be uh, out of quarantine. I have had the most blissful week, Arlene. It is <laughs> so quiet. <laughs> I love Silent. my family more than anything. I do. I would do anything for any of them. But as an introvert who works from home, having them home with me for the last, uh, well, they were home most of December and most of January between Jim having COVID and the kids and I having COVID. And yes, all of us who are old enough are vaccinated and we're very grateful that none of us got very sick. We all got sick enough to be grumpy, which that is, adds to the fun dynamic. Of the yeah, so much snot. I had such a stockpile of Kleenex from the beginning of the pandemic, you know, when you couldn't buy Kleenex. So then when you did find it, you had to buy like 20 boxes. Yeah, I think we went through like six boxes of Kleenex in just over a week between me and the kids. It was so gross, but they all went back to the places they go on Monday. And it has been so blissfully silent no tv on 27 hours a day no music playing nobody talking nobody arguing nothing just blissful blissful silence and i'm guessing that is a little bit easier to actually get your your work hours in too yeah it really it really does help although i have to say last week the boy child interrupted uh, a meeting with our new boss and my boss actually asked to talk to my three-year-old and then asked me to go get the five-year-old so that he could meet her too and so he <laughs> could tell them that their mommy was doing a good job and that he was so glad to meet them and it basically exploded my head that my boss is so different than um, some people we know who are less enthusiastic about a work-life balance for their employees. And that's all that's I'm really going to say sweet. about that. But yes, it, it really meant a lot to me. He has five kids who are homeschooled, so he totally understands this, you know, passel of small people in the house while you're trying to work. But yes, it is much, much easier to get my 40 hours a week in without the help. And, oh, we got our new Starlink internet dish. Mm -hmm. So even with it just literally sitting in the yard um our internet is like eight times faster and as you can see our video is not cutting out today which is That's nice exciting. and like the kids were able to watch tv and i could still work and that was very nice i literally don't think our tv was off for more than like an hour a day for the entire time <laughs> that they were home because they could be on the far side of the property and you could turn that tv off and they would hear it like they won't be watching it, but you can't turn it off. So. Yeah. Well, and uh, when everyone is grumpy and sick, you just got to do what you got to do. Right? Yeah. There was a lot of popsicles for breakfast, 24 hours of TV, 
I just don't care. You know, there's a time and a place to have those fights. And when you're home with two sick little kids is not in the winter, in the winter, in the Midwest, it's not the time for that fight. But I did just get a very exciting text message from my better half that the hand surgeon specialist, what's it, has cut him loose and he is allowed to not have six layers of gauze and no more two hours each way trips to get a band-aid changed and uh, they think his finger's not going to fall off. Well, so, that's good. That's... Is it painful at all at this point or is it, th- is it getting close to normal? I normal think sensation? it's still um, tender. I think the nerves are still pissed off, but sure. You know, I think that'll just take a while to to calm back down. There's something about injuries on your hands, right? That everything, you know, there's just so many little, I don't know. I don't know much about the science of our bodies, to be honest. But, you know, like all the sensitivity in our hands just makes even little injuries feel feel big. So I'm sure yeah. that that's, a, that's not a good one to have. Yeah. I think our, our hands have an immense amount of nerve endings in them, which is good for things like, being able to pick up small objects or do surgery or whatever, but it's, <laughs> yeah. it's kind of shitty. Not so good for... when you cut them off. <laughs> yes. Not so good when people drop heavy equipment on you. Yeah. Anyway, how's things been in your world, Arlene? Well, we had a, an upgrade in the house or I mean, a birthday, I guess you could call it. We had uh, my 13 year old is now a 14 year old and he's officially taller than me and he's getting very close to being taller than his father so he's pretty excited about that they both stand up super tall when they stand back to back but yeah my husband still has a a little bit of an edge on him but it's I don't think it's going to be for much longer so we didn't really do a birthday party but he had two friends over and somehow it felt like 10 (laughs) I mean (laughs) I've got three boys I've I've hosted a lot of little boy birthday parties through the years and I tended to make them a bit smaller than the the girl parties for obvious reasons. It was just seems so much louder and there's, there's a lot going on. So even, even with just two extra 14 year olds in the house, it felt very loud for, for a few hours, but they enjoyed themselves. And, um, our, one of the fields out front, the snow is really deep right now. We don't have a snowmobile, but we do have the side-by-side that the kids can drive around on. But the snow is too deep, so they can't actually drive in the fields right now. So before his friends came over, we used the tractor and made a bunch of paths out in one of the fields so that they could drive on those paths. So it kind of looks like, is it tremors? Is that the one with the like the big snake things that go under the ground and then it all kind of like bubbles up? Do you know I the don't... movie I'm talking about? So anyway, um, it looks like there have been some kind of snowworms out in the field because there's these paths crisscrossing a field that otherwise would just be, you know, like freshly fallen snow. But it's fun. They can go out and drive around. And is your is your pop enjoying the, the plowed trails for him? A little bit. Yeah. Yeah. We were out there there yesterday. We're trying to keep him from chasing after vehicles. So yeah. we're, tra- we're keeping him away from the side by side, because especially if the kids are on it, then we expect that he would try and chase that too. Yeah. So, but yeah, I have uh, done a few walks out through there instead of, instead of on our road. So that's nice. Farm wise, what's new? Oh, this morning, the milk tester was here. And I believe that she's actually a listener of the podcast. So shout out to you, Charlene. Thanks for being a listener. So milk testing is when they come periodically and check both how much the cows are producing and then they check the 
the components of, of the milk while they're while they're here. So they're checking for things like fat, protein, checking the health of the milk, that kind of stuff. So it's a tool for us to use to decide which cows are, are doing well and we want to keep in the herd or maybe as a kind of a deciding factor, if there's some that maybe we don't want to keep long-term, then that, that those test results can help us to make those kinds of herd management decisions. So we have- Do you a, get a, a cell count from the milk tester? Or do you have to send it away for that? Yeah, yeah, we can get that from our test too. Yeah, for somatic cell. Yeah, so I guess that's the, the latest really, just keeping on milking cows all that kind of stuff. It's the time of year where normally there'd be a lot of, you know, annual meetings and those types of things. So all of that stuff is still virtual at this point here. There aren't really any in-person meetings. I think maybe at this point, the rules are you can have 10 people at an indoor function. So that's still pretty small, even to do a, you know, like your milk committee meetings or things like that. So all that stuff's on Zoom. So between my husband and I, we've been doing a lot of virtual stuff lately, but it means you don't have to drive anywhere in the winter. You don't get the free lunch, but you know, you win some, you lose some. I will say that it is a, an introvert who lives three hours from any place that anything is hosted. Having stuff virtual has been awesome. You know, not having to find a farm sitter or childcare. I mean, you don't get the night in a hotel, which kind of sucks, but you also don't have to go anywhere, which is pretty awesome. And you yeah. don't have to wear pants. You know, normally yeah. if you go to meetings in person, especially in you know February, pants are really an expectation. Yeah, I think. yeah. You might even um, say mandatory. Yeah. While we're talking about things of that nature, Arlene and I will be presenting a farm parenting. A yeah. learning circle? A learning circle. Yes, thank you. For the Women Food and Ag Network next week, we will put information about that on our places that people can find information. I have not had enough coffee yet. I'm sorry. <laughs> all the socials. Um, all the places that you can find stuff about stuff we're doing. They called us parenting gurus. And these are people who even know us. So that was pretty exciting. You we're know, going with it. Yeah. yeah, so it's going to be open, right, to anybody who wants yeah. to attend. And there's and going to saw, be a panel and then some kind of breakout groups if people yeah. want to talk I about I saw stuff. Paige Jackson from Grass Grazed that we interviewed very early in our show's history, like 20 whole episodes ago. We'll also be presenting, so that's exciting. It'll be nice to see her again and a couple other cool folks. So that's exciting stuff. There's been a lot of other virtual things coming up. I saw Natasha Nichols is presenting at a, I should really write these things down, a uh, Chicago area food summit that is also virtual and it's free online. So I'm signed up for one of one of those sessions with Natasha. I'm excited about that. And Natasha um, was our third guest. I she was think super so early from there. We So We Grow in the West Pullman mm -hmm. neighborhood of Chicago. So that'll be fun to to catch up to. Arlene is still making great strides on her Instagram. So <laughs> nobody's... Yeah, follow us. Yeah. If you're not already, which I assume you are if you're listening to our show, but if you're not, you know, you can find us there. Arlene, who are we talking to today? Or... Well, the loves of our lives, Katie. Let's hit the intro. We're just talking to carbs and cheese. I mean, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> seems awkward, but okay. <laughs> 
No, we went went out into the world to find the best interviewees that we could we could find, and uh, for Valentine's Day, so we went with our husbands for this year. So, we'll we'll let you listen in on that conversation. I will say, I'm pretty sure Hugh and Jim are besties now. They're really, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was very sweet. Um, yeah, and there's a lot of kid background noise because we've recorded during quarantine, so you'll also get to meet Katie's kids over the yeah. Year. Yeah, they were very enthusiastic about what Daddy and I were doing. <laughs> you may need to turn the volume down at points. Yep. We'll yep. try. Today on the podcast, we're welcoming two very special guests for our first Valentine's Day episode. Depending how this goes, it could be an annual event or one of those never again type of episodes. We'll see how this happens. So we're excited to talk to the podcast co-host husbands. So welcome to the episode, Jim and Hugh. So we're trying to figure out how to organize the episode and we've decided that we will each interview each other's husbands. So I'll start with our usual question and ask Katie's husband, Jim. Jim, what are you growing? I guess children and sheep and cows and several different crops, I guess. And then farm what equipment parts. We're talking to farmers here. <laughs> What's that? I said, we're talking to farmers. We need details on the crops. Okay, well, crap, we do basically just corn and then put oats in as a nurse crop for our alfalfa hay mixture. And, and we do usually combine the oats off and use the oats for feeding the cattle, then the straw for bedding, of course. That's about it. <laughs> Sorry, folks, we're trying to share one mic here. It's not really working out. So now it's my turn to ask Arlene's husband, Hugh, what are you guys growing? Average sized. Ontario Dairy Farm, but yes, I would say firstly, we're growing our family together. And so we milk on 80 cows and we grow corn and beans and alfalfa and a whole bunch of hay. So Jim, I know the answer to this question, but we're setting this up as if our listeners have never met you guys before, although we have. So did you grow up on a farm and did you think that agriculture would be part of your life and career when you were growing up? It's a lot harder for me to interrupt Arlene when I'm like three feet away from the mic, but we clearly never have talked about you guys on this show. And it is clearly a completely new experience for our listeners <laughs> to hear anything about you. So, okay. So uh, repeat the question again, please. <laughs> yeah, sure. So I was just asking if you grew up on a farm yourself and if you thought that farming and agriculture was going to be part of your life and career when you were growing up. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm, literally sitting in the house that I grew up in. I, I mean, there was, uh, from the time I was 21 till 38, I think I lived off, I lived at the, actually at the, the Lake Ridge exactly next door. So I never really hardly left the farm, you know, and it's, it's been in the, been in our family since 1888. And, uh, yeah, I've, I've always been, all things farm related interest you know it's it's always been always been something i've been crazy about and and you know especially the farm equipment and you know which i i went and uh i got done with with high school and i went to a, a tech college for mechanics and ended up being a parts man not a salesman at a dealership and and but always constantly stayed working on the farm so all right and hugh did you grow up on a farm and did you think that this is where you would be where you'd end up in your life? Yes, very much. I grew up here on this farm and as a mainly dairy farm at that time as well. And I always thought that I would 
probably farm or have some job in the agriculture industry. Dissimilar to Jim, I'm more of a cow guy. So machinery is not my thing. I uh, have a bachelor of science and agriculture degree from Guelph. And I'm, I don't mind tractor work and I spend lots of hours on tractors, but I can't fix them. So I spend most of my time and my strength I feel is in the barn. And Hugh, what is your preferred tractor color? Oh, they're blue all the way. Well, that's, that's good to hear. <laughs> it's Jim's second favorite color. <laughs> Yeah, okay, Jim, what's your what's your color? And I hear you have a collection. Yeah, I I, I got a bit of an obsession for uh, Alice Chalmers orange tractors, Andy Clement, and I, I will add, say, I mean, I, I started, I think I was 15 years old, and then my cousin and I decided to buy an old Alice Chalmers round baler, and and then since we had that, we thought, well, maybe we should have the hay rake that goes with it, and this and that, and this and that, and it's turned into we have somewhere around 20 tractors, and I don't know how many different combines balers plows pickers planters but it's and i i write a column for a quarterly alice chummers collectors magazine that gets gets mailed all over the country and several different countries and around the world but and you know through that collection i've also you know we've had people here from i should I should count up sometime so far, but I, quite a few different states. You know, fellow collectors have stopped by here in several different countries, including England, Canada, the Netherlands. So it's it's through that collection, it's really, I've got to make a lot of amazing friends and 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 just, you know, and I, I guess right now I won't say the the name, but right now I'm in the process of trying to get an interview with, with a country artist, well-known country artist I found out has Alice Chalmers tractors. I've been texting him back and forth lately. So, so it's, it's, it's kind of crazy, you know, who, you never know what, who you're going to meet through it. So. Should, should I ask the question, how many of those tractors actually run that are in the collection? That is or a very is good question. <laughs> I'd say the majority of them. <laughs> I don't need an exact number. That's fine. Yeah. I and don't even Jim, know the exact number. Jim, can you tell number. us? <laughs> yeah. Can you tell our listeners a bit about the story behind how and you how you and Katie met and uh, how you knew that she was the one you were going to uh, marry? Well, I, we we met. Uh, Katie's told the story. We actually met on online through FarmersOnly.com. Yeah, and, but tell them about the the day that I messaged you, Jim, about what you told your parents. What about how you were never getting married and having kids? Oh yeah, yeah, pretty much. Uh, well, like like the day or two before uh, Katie messaged me, I my my parents were were really worried about that I was going to be alone the rest of my life and all this, and I. I kind of told them, I listen. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm pretty content on on being single, and 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 if something happens, happens, you know. And and uh, thirteen months after saying that, I was married. So, <laughs> you know. But as far as is how I knew she was the one, I guess it, I guess she agreed to a second date. I guess that was kind of a, you know. <laughs> No, I was just I, I I don't know how I could describe it. I guess I, you know, but but no, she just just you know somebody that I can very quickly learn is somebody that I could just be myself with and and be and she accepts me for how goofy I am. I guess and and uh, yeah, you really got your you really got everything together, but me not so much. You know? I think Arlene, it was actually that I brought my dog on our first date. And I said, you know, he's not a very aggressive dog, but I said, you know, 
you might axe murder me, but you're not going to axe murder me in front of my dog, which was apparently questionable logic, but it worked for me. Well, if Pete didn't like me, he would have ate me alive or something. So That's true. If the dog hadn't uh, liked him, there would not have been a second date. So, Hugh, how did you and Arlene meet and how did you, the right one? Yeah, thanks for the question. I'm I'm lucky just to let your listeners know that I get to sit here and listen to Jim's answers so I can <laughs> I have the advantage to be able to think about what I'm saying. But yeah, so we met it was we met and then it was probably 2 years before we started dating, but it was it was something from a, a a storybook really. We met at a junior farmers meeting at the University of Guelph in uh, Crop Science 102, a room on the main floor. And uh, I was in my third year there and Arlene was visiting her uh, older sister on March break. Arlene was still in high school and uh, she floated into the room through the calf scour yellow door as if she was on a cloud. And she looked at me and said, oh my God, his eyes are evenly spaced and his ears are in proportion to his head. He'll probably do. So, uh... <laughs> Did she check your teeth though? Or was that uh... the second date? No, well, not, not, I don't think so. I think she just was sort of my rump a little more, but <laughs> wow. <laughs> Anyways, we started dating a couple of years later. And um, so to answer your question about how I knew that she was the one, I guess we spent two years where she was going to Guelph and I was a five hour drive away at home and would take every second weekend and go there. And I guess my world started to revolve around those trips to Guelph. I guess you sort of knew that she was the one. I love that we so found something for these two to watch. They thought they, they would, they would, you know, so they would be in their next room, nice and quiet. And here we the are. The dog is in here now too. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. Oh, sorry. Recording this episode while you're quarantining with your kids was maybe not the, not ideal. So uh, on that note, Katie's talked a lot about how um, parenting has changed her life but Jim how has parenting changed your relationship with each other do you think <laughs> we may need to pause a second <laughs> oh poor little buddy I'm actually reading the question here because I didn't hear it because of over uh, I'll attempt to answer it's changed our, our relationship well it's, it's actually I mean we we used to you know with the kids we do not you know get the date nights and, and stuff you know like we used to that is really, especially during a pandemic, that's actually, I was just expressing to her the other day. I'm like, it's like, it's just, you know, for us to go out and just at least go out and, and get a bite to eat or something anymore is, is nearly impossible because, you know, with the pandemic, it's hard to find people to watch kids and, and, you know, but we get our, our dynamic of working together has, I think, completely changed. But I think for the better, you know, I think we're better working together. And we've learned to do a lot of things extremely exhausted, being extremely exhausted, you know. <laughs> and so, you know, as far as what I expected for parenting, I I kind of think that's kind of what it's been what we expected, what we thought it was, what I thought it was going to be, I guess. Except for I, I thought, everybody said, well, you're going to have zero free time now. I'm like, oh, I'll still have some time to do some things. And no, they were right. They, I, I don't have the, you know, <laughs> back to, you know, how many tractors that don't run, you know, I have a, I have one tractor that I've slowly been working on, rebuilding the engine on. Ironically, I tore it apart, started working on it 
like two months before I met Katie and I haven't finished the tractor yet. So, <laughs> so it's, it's, I need to get back at that maybe this summer, but unexpected parts of parenting. You know, I guess the one thing I, I do tell everybody that, you know, I'll, you know, when, when, when we were expecting shark, expecting the baby girl, the girl child or the, they, you know, we were told all these different things of, of, you know, be prepared to be tired all the time, get ready for this, get ready for that. The one thing that nobody did tell me about was get ready to have every single cold, you know, <laughs> get get be, be sick all the time, you know, because yeah, they, they bring everything home, you know, so that's that's probably the only unexpected part of parenting, I guess, that I can think of right at this moment. So. Yeah. Are you building? Oh, so, uh, Katie had to leave the room to uh, go to tend to uh, a sad and little person. Still here. She's just, okay. she's just over my shoulder here. I was just going to ask you how he felt our relationship changed since we had kids. Although so, it's been a few years. Yeah. Am I supposed to answer that now? Or wait for Katie to answer? <coughs> oh, excuse me. You can answer. How our relationship has changed since we have kids. Well, I think obviously this would bring you closer together because you have to work together so closely in order to manage the needs of <laughs> the kids and the farm. So you really have to be in sync with each other to to manage that i'd say and is the journey of parenthood what you expected it would be were there any surprises along the way what's been uh, uh my biggest surprise is i didn't think i'd be old and useless quite this young <laughs> <laughs> you feel like the kids brought that on yeah <laughs> they think they think i am <laughs> yeah they they already are at the stage where they don't laugh at his dad jokes it's very disappointing well i think they do they just hide it yeah that's so, so, Jim, since this is a oh. uh, Valentine's Day episode, I'm uh, trying to draw out so, some of the, you know, like the caring stuff. So I want you to tell me some things that you love most about your wife. Make where it do, good, Jim. Where do I, where, 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 do, where do I start? Oh, there, there, that's the right answer. Okay. No, I'm, I'm actually, I'm, I'm very, I, I'm, I'm very proud of all the things she's accomplished, you know, especially this, this podcast. I, I really... I compliment her and, and you all the time on, on the job you guys are doing. And, and I, I just, I feel it's something that she was born to do. And, and you two are, are really a natural fit. I mean, the first, the first, I listened to the first episode and it, to me, it sounded like you guys have been doing it for years and, and, you know, Katie's just a real natural at stuff like that. And, and, and so I'm always, I'm always proud of these, these projects that she's, things you know things she's done and 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 really really amazed how she's just ready to go for it and and do stuff like that so jim why don't you just go ahead and ask you the next question which one okay so so i've been told you to ask you tell us some things you love the most about your amazing wife do we have a time limit to this recording <laughs> I, I I gotta say, Hugh, you're you're doing a lot better at the answers than I am. Uh, I don't know. It's because I get to think of this. I'd say the thing I admire most about her is her selflessness, not only as a mother, but to everybody around her. She rarely does anything for herself. She's such a caring person, and her and is always uh, very modest about it. Never does anything like that for her attention. So that would be some of the things that I admire most about her. <laughs> so, Hugh, I want to know what you thought when Arlene finally admitted that she was going to do this podcast. Oh, I was like, great, I'm going to be sleeping with a social media influencer. So I thought it was 
That'll bring some excitement to your marriage. <laughs> See, the, the girl child is making a nest back here. It looks She's like. She's building an airplane, Jim. Oh, okay. Well then. <laughs> All right. So we're getting closer to the cussing and discussing section. I hope you guys have been uh, thinking about it. But first, we're going to go to our standby. Jim, if you were going to dominate a category at the county fair, you've had lots of time to think about this. I'm sure you've listened to all of our episodes. Categories can be real or made up. What would you dominate at the county fair? What would I dominate at the county fair? That's a good one. I'm trying to think of what. Probably a critiquing antique tractors category would probably be, you know... uh, you know, I, I'm a, I'm a real stickler at that. You know, like like going to tractor shows, I find a certain model I like and stuff, and I'll 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 nitpick it down to you know this isn't right or that's right or this is unique to the person did this. So, yeah, that's probably where I would be a, a tractor snob. So it'd probably probably be my be my blue ribbon competition, I guess. So. I would also say if there was like Alice Chalmers trivia contest there would be no there would be no contest it'd just be done (laughs) so Hugh what what county fair contest could you dominate well I've been to a lot of county fairs and I've never seen this contest but if they had a name that tune competition for old country music I'd nail it. What 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 years are we talking here? Let's say 1955 to 95. You know, I'd, I'd probably be right there in competition with you. Probably beat me, Hugh, but I'd, I'd be it's right on, there. Jim. I'd, 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 doing I'd, this. I would enjoy <laughs> that. You know, we, we'll have to find the fair. <laughs> create the category. You guys are gonna face up. I like that so we had to define that old was pre 1999. I do. I do have along with the the old farm equipment. I do have a. Uh, a uh, a passion for for music and it's primarily you know older country music and then uh, newer what they call americana you know like like corb lund you know robert o'keen and you know uh, stuff like that you know a lot of good music being made out there it's just not on the radio and uh, yeah corb is definitely uh, a real treasure for for canada he's just a great great artist well, we were supposed to be going to see him in February and it's got bumped to April. So we'll hope that the uh, COVID restrictions are stay on the path they're on and we actually get to go to that one. Well, have you have you seen it before in concert or? No, not live. No. Yeah. So we've seen him what, twice? twice. Yeah. And and got to meet him both times and, and, and very, very sincere, nice guy, just as he, he is who he portrays himself to be. Oh. We're going to get him on the show eventually, Arlene. I am, I am speaking it into existence. Uh, I was just going to yeah. say, when are you going to get him on the show? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Even if he just performed Cows Around, we'd all be happy. Yeah. So I'm going to move, unless Katie, you have any other questions, I'm going to move us into our cussing and discussing category. Do you have any other burning questions for Hugh before we I go? had one. Hugh, what is it like to have kids that are old enough that they can actually theoretically be helpful with chores and oh, things it's it's tremendous i wish we just started having having kids earlier but um, <laughs> i don't know if that actually makes them older faster yeah i mean i was i don't know they uh, i think i don't think that we work our kids too hard i know that there's other kids that have more responsibility than ours but the few chores that they have i think are, are good and and it, it is a big help especially on busy days or like when we're cropping or stuff like that for the kids that are 
able to go out and, and do do some things. It's probably it not helped my weight gain situation in the last couple of years. But uh, it's, it's really great that they're sure, sure. Right Can you turn that down? Turn it down to silent. If you want to go ahead and cuss and discuss, the kids just brought their uh, tablets in. So we might need a minute here. All right. So do you want me to go and then Hugh? Oh, okay. I'm cussing? Yeah. Oh. Our guests usually cuss and discuss. Oh. I can go first. All right. So we're going to move into our cussing and discussing category. Welcome to the segment. We recently registered for an online platform called SpeakPipe. So like I said before, I'm picturing you talking into the end of a culvert, but you actually go to www.speakpipe.com slash barnyard language, and you can leave us a voice memo, which we can then play on the show. So that's the easiest way to get us a voice memo. You can also email it to us at barnyardlanguage at gmail.com but those are the ways to find us and we'll also post that on our instagram and facebook profiles if you want to look it up so you can also send it through facebook messenger like our guest did recently but i am Mm -hmm. just going to demand that you email it to us so you might as well just email it or put it through the speak pipe in the first place and save us all the trouble got it All right. So mine this week, I'm not cussing. I'm going to just go straight into discussing, but I'm putting a request out to our listeners. I would like to ask every one of you to go into your Apple podcast app, whether that's how you listen to the podcast or not, and give us a five-star rating. I mean, if you're listening, we're just assuming that you're going to give us a five-star rating because those ratings make a big difference in terms of other people, people being able to find us. So if you could do that, that would be a huge help. And if you had another 30 seconds while you're there, just write us a quick review. Positive one would be beneficial. Katie and I really enjoy making the podcast and we hope that you like listening to it. But if you can share the podcast with a friend and do those two things, then that is going to be a big help to us. And the people that you refer us to don't have to be farmers or parents necessarily. But if there's an episode that you think that they would like, then you can tell them about us. So Huey, do you have anything to cuss and discuss this week? Well, I think for discussion purposes, we could say that after this episode, your podcast ratings are probably going to go through the roof. But I'd also cuss the cold that we're dealing with. I mean, it is midwinter in Canada and I shouldn't complain, but I'm ready for things to start to thaw out. But on the bright side, we do have a good snow cover here in eastern Ontario that'll protect our our hay and our alfalfa plants through the winter. So I shouldn't complain too much. All right. Time for the Palmer households to do some cussing and discussing. Hugh, we actually have a solid five-star rating on the Apple podcast right now. I mean, all two uh, reviews that we've gotten have been glowing. After um, this episode, we're going to make our husbands go into Apple podcast and give us a five-star review. I already did. Oh, maybe one of them is from you. <laughs> Truth. So if you're locked in the bathroom eating ice cream and listening to this, if you've got another 30 seconds, you could also share our show on your social medias so that other people can see it if they're not you know, already on Apple Podcasts scrolling, just thinking, God, I wish there was some sort of farming podcast for parents or perhaps a parenting podcast for farmers. And they're just, you know, throw it out in front of them. Be proactive. Do not have a rant about my husband's boots. I see your note here, Arlene. I did, however, buy an expensive lotion a few weeks ago. I have a lot of, you know, sun damage on my arms and having already had skin cancer, I'm trying to take better care of my skin. So I bought this expensive lotion and I, you know, smeared on my arms and everything. And this was before I lost my sense of smell. Unfortunately, I guess I could use it now. I kept smelling this horrific 
stench and it just got worse and worse and it smelled like wet goat barn bed pack you know like march when that bed pack has been building up all winter and it starts to thaw and it's just that like rotting hay ammonia stench that's what my expensive new lotion smells like so i'll tell you how quickly that shit went in the garbage can because nobody is here for that i looked at the back it turns out it totally has some like ammonia in it to help your i don't know i don't care it could make me look like whoever the hot young thing of today is because i'm old and all my references are old now and i still wouldn't be able to use it and smell like wet bed pack it's not worth it yuck no, no five no five stars for that person. two thumbs down for smelling like wet goat shit jim what do you have today i i don't know the as far as like the, the cussing i i i will admit that I, I will admit that this i'm i am very tired of of the the pandemic times and and it's very hard to to have a, a small farm operation and and two little children and a full-time job and and usually i try to kind of use some of my my time off of course for you know some family activities but then also for trying to you know taking you know time off here and there to get stuff done in the farm and and so the pandemic has gone to primarily you know uh you know to watching the kids and stuff and that's frustrating, but I'm hoping things return back to normal very soon. So, but otherwise, I'm with you and, you know, I'm ready for, well, little boy. <laughs> but I, I am, I'm ready for, for some warmer temperatures, but I'm, I'm thankful that we have a decent snow cover and, and we have not been, I guess I'll take a, a little bit colder temperatures versus uh, warmer, muddy conditions. So, I'm, uh, Thankful, thankful for that, I guess. I do. Back to, and I hate to back way up here, but I, I just a thought came in my mind. Question for you guys: What's your when you when you were starting farming and or involved in farming and decided to have kids? Is it were you excited to have your kids grow up in the in the farming atmosphere? I, the reason why I've asked that is, is I, I think one of the main reasons why, or or what partially one of the reasons why, you know that we're doing or what i'm doing with the with the farm and what we're doing at the farm is is i you know i really cherish and and respect the, the childhood i have and you know, I, I i want our kids to have you know know the responsibility of chores and and the the work ethic and stuff i just kind of want to know your out your your opinion on that <laughs> i mean i think we're we're we'd be similar I grew up on a farm as well. And I mean, I was, I was one of those kids who as a teenager said I'd never marry a farmer, but that didn't, that didn't turn out. But I mean, yeah, I, I definitely appreciated the, the way I grew up and, you know, being able to be in, in 4-H and have a train a calf and those types of things. And, you know, play in the, play in the hay mow, that kind of stuff were, were things that I enjoyed as a kid and, and the connections, I think that, I made growing up, I maybe didn't appreciate, but I mean, even now as, as I've gotten older and, and know people, I think farm kids, especially, you know, they really connect with people of all different ages, you know, like our daughter just did a co-op placement with a, a friend of, of Hugh's and he's 10 years older than Hugh is and, and or 15 years older than Hugh is, has, has kids who are already done university and yet 
you know, she's, she's friends with them and, you know, like just the, the, yeah, the, the connections of the agricultural community too, even beyond, you know, like what actually happens on the farm, I think are, are really important and are something that we both value. I feel like the, the, the small livestock operations are, are good for the community also. Cause yeah, you do have, you know, we, we got a number of neighbors here that, you know, like I try to help out once in a while, but most of the time they're they're helping us, you know, and we're very, very fortunate. And we have, you know, there's two dairy operations, one's about 60 cows, one's 80 cows, right? You know, within a couple of miles of us and, and uh, there's, you know, several beef operations right around. And I, I really, I feel really very lucky. I think that we're in such a neighborhood, you know, that I think that helps a lot. So. Sorry, I got you guys like off track of your schedule here and stuff. That's all right. <laughs> That's never happened before. Yeah. We've never gone off track. <laughs> yeah. Is are we really at the end of the show? We are. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you everybody for joining us here today on Barnyard Language. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok as Barnyard Language and Twitter. We are Barnyard Pod. If you'd like to connect with other farming families, you can join the private Barnyard Language Facebook group. Patreon is a service where you commit to making a small monthly donation, which goes towards the making of this podcast. We would love it if you would become a patron of Barnyard Language. Go to www.patreon.com slash Barnyard Language to support the show. And we're always in search of future guests for the podcast. If you or someone you know would like to chat with us, please get in touch.